0: Love Talk Radio. And Welcome to We Are Not Cattle Radio. I'm your host, Jake. Welcome to the Sunday edition. Last night's maiden voyage was a success for me. Kind of going cold turkey on this stuff. So I've found a lot of do's and don'ts from last night. Basically what I want to cover today. um, As I broke down last night, I'll go over a couple of things in the news. If you want to see the articles themselves, go to my website, wearenotcattle.net, click on the Sunday Show page, and you'll be able to click the hyperlinks for all the articles that I'm going to reference throughout the show today. I would actually like to start with a quote from Aldous Huxley, which says, A democracy which makes or even effectively prepares for modern scientific war must necessarily cease to be democratic. No country can really be well prepared for modern war unless it is governed by a tyrant at the head of a highly trained and perfectly obedient bureaucracy. Pretty powerful stuff if you think about it. Because if you take a step back and look at where we are today with the Iran situation, which I'll get into in a minute, it really is – I don't want to say Obama is a tyrant, but fast and furious – Amongst everything else, the MF Global stuff that I'll get into later, which Congress now says that it's on Obama to persecute this guy, when Corzine actually raised about half a million dollars for Obama's campaign recently. So don't think that's really going to happen. So to, uh, to set the stage for what you can expect for today's show, as I said, I'm going to get into some news I'm going to talk um, extensively about the MF Global, and um, I've got the supporting documents on my site, like I said. And then if I have some time, I'd like to take some calls if anybody is out there listening in the past year. Uh, The guest call-in number is 602-753-1916. I'll uh, give that back out again once I wrap up the MF Global stuff. And we'll go to your calls and take them if anybody's out there. So once again, thank you for listening and tuning in on Sunday morning. Hope your morning's going well. Just jumping right into it. The one thing that I wanted to start out with was the Amish farms getting shut down for selling milk. I know that sounds absolutely ridiculous if you think about it for more than half a second. But, I mean... This is something that the Feds actually had a sting about. And you can go to um go to my site, it's under the first hyperlink. And you can kinda of pull it up and I'll just read the headline to you right now. Feds shut down Amish farm for selling fresh milk. It was a it was a two year sting for some reason to 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 catch this Amish farmer selling milk over state lines, which somehow is illegal. But yet they can sell you that uh, ultra pasteurized boiled fifty times over milk and that's perfectly okay you know um if if you look at what happens when whenever corporations get involved with any kind of commodity whether it's the, the corn industry or if it's the milk industry or or what have you you can pretty much bet that that the private sale of those items is going to be is going to be restrained a whole bunch you know. after they get there after they get into that whatever market it may be they're going to start lobbying to, to shut down the competition saying that it's not safe, it's not regulated where once again my libertarian view says you should be able to put whatever in your body that you see fit if it's milk right out of a cow that people drank for hundreds of years before big agra big pharma took over then by all means go ahead and do it. Knock yourself out. So this is kind of setting the stage for what you can see in the future. And it just to me it looks like a extremely overreach from the federal government. You know, the FDA, I understand, is there to protect us, but then again, why do we need a sting that lasts almost two years to set up an Amish farmer. I mean, don't we have bigger things to worry about? Don't we have, don't we have guns getting shipped into Mexico, and and the government says that hey, we're tracking these things, but oh, the batteries died, so we couldn't really track them back into the U.S. And so, I just think those are extremely terrible waste of resources on our end. But once again. If the masses don't know about it and people don't start speaking up about these kind of things, this is pretty much what you can se- expect moving forward. From what um, what type of government we've seen over the past the past five to ten years, it's it's been increasingly overreaching, increasingly expanding. You know, George Bush got in there, expanded the government. B. Rock's in there, expanding the government, and you know it's time to start pulling in the reins. That's why I support Ron Paul. Everybody says I don't like his foreign policy, but if you look at what our foreign policy has been in the past, it's really—I mean—it's a wonder that we haven't had another 9/11. It's, it really is, with all the wars and proxy wars and and assassinating of of um, diplomats and anybody that pretty much tries to to bump our status quo over here. You know, I, I still haven't figured out how love bombs equal freedom so you know we'll get into that here in a second but um one of the things that i really wanted to talk about that i haven't heard in the news and you're probably not going to hear in the news is um is iran and the banks so if you look at my if you look at my site um the next item up for bid if you will is the banking system and I linked to an article from the American pre press that says "Rothschilds want the Iranian banks." so any of you that know anything about the upper elite know that the Rothschilds are up there, you know the Carnegies are up there, but you know the gates is and, and what they do is they have their they have their little um what do they call them their their little groups their, um that they funnel their money through. And they and they pose as liberals to, to help society when, in reality, all they're doing is trying to get their money tax-free like Warren Buffett and all those guys. So just to give you a little snippet, the thing that really kind of caught my eye was um, it says that there – as of 9-11, there were reportedly seven banks that were not under the Rothschild banking arm. So – Let me know if any of these countries sound familiar. Afghanistan, Iraq, Sudan, Libya, Cuba, North Korea, and Iran. So what you're seeing now with all the warmongering is really the upper elites trying to push their hand into, once again, expanding the empire… Grabbing the commodities that these countries have and then pulling them back through the US and then funneling through the US into their banking system and making profits and also, duly noted, enslaving the people at the same time, making them debt slaves, if you will. So it's a great article. I um, I gave it a read a couple nights ago and then read over it last night. Really interesting to think about it when, when you look at who our quote-unquote enemies are and who we're quote-unquote um, at war with. So it, it makes you take a step back and say, mm, is this, is there a reason that we're over there dropping the freedom bombs, or is it really a a greater a greater agenda at play? Some call it conspiracy. I say that people in power always want more power. And that's just a simple fact. You I mean, you look at the Roman Empire, you look at you look at Hitler and and Napoleon. I'll I'll never forget one of the one of the lines that Hitler had when when he wanted to invade when he wanted to invade Russia and it was coming up on winter time. You know, his advisors went to him and they said, "Hey, this is really really a bad idea." You know Napoleon tried this and and he, he he failed miserably. Everybody starved and everybody froze to death. And then Hitler looks at his guys and says, "Well, how many tanks did Napoleon have?" So that's kind of the hubris that you deal with when you get to these elite people that that maneuver corporations and maneuver governments into into areas of war, into areas of expanding empire. So. Next up on the docket is um is pretty much what happened in Libya. You're probably gonna see happen in Iran. You're gonna see some proxy wars and then you're gonna see the US possibly go in under under freedom, possibly go in under the the threat of nuclear war. But the one thing I would like to bring up, and this is on my site also, if you if you take a peek at the next item down is that the central bank gets established in Libya. Wow, what a surprise. And this was l- very, very shortly after the United States got involved in Libya. And we had, their, we had our love bomb fest to, um, to free Libya. Uh, one of my friends actually had a great quote. He says, um, yeah, we're going we're gonna to go ahead and free you. We're going to start bombing you. That's, that's freedom. Go ahead. Here comes democracy. If you don't want it, we're going to kill you. And even if you do want it, we're going to kill you too. So it's very interesting to see how this all plays out, and I'm wondering if we're going to start getting some hype about the central bank. You're already starting to see the sanctions come on to Iran for their banking system. So it makes you wonder who's, who's really pulling the strings here, or if this is just another Rothschild move to try to – Move maneuver another country into their central banking cartel because once they've said in the past, once all the banking system is under their control, they're going to implode everything and bring a pro and bring apart a another dark age for the most part. Basically, they're going to reduce us back to um, feudalism. So, no better way to to conquer a country than by than by financially conquering it, you know, much like the Confessions of an Economic Hitman, where where the government would go in and and put up these loans for countries, and then the country would default, and then they would take their assets. It's pretty interesting how how it works. Now, you know, now empire is not done at the at the end of a gun. Empire is actually done at the end of a pen, with um setting your country up to fail, and then and then jacking the resources after after we're done with it. So the central bank gets established in Libya a couple, you know, a couple of months in. Wow, shocker! And um, so, yeah, it was it was right out of the playbook. We're going to invade. We're going to get this central bank in there, and then we're just going to maneuver this country and put Al Qaeda in charge. Which most people are kind of wondering: What do you mean Al Qaeda in charge? Yeah, we. We invade to liberate Libya. We expel the the regime. We expel the the dictator in there. Hazi or Mubarak or and um and Qaddafi. Uh, we go in and take both of the dictators out. I'm sorry. Um uh Mubarak was in Egypt and Qaddafi was in Libya, so we remove him and then we put in real al Qaeda, real al Qaeda forces, and that was you know associated press b b c You can Google that. I didn't have um a chance to load that one up, but I'll post it up a little bit later on so So those of you that don't really believe me, once again, I told you this show is is all fact based. there's no thinking way outside of the box and just guessing these are these are documented articles that you'll be able to reference and say, "Wait a minute, that doesn't make a ton of sense." So – but now getting on to the topic of the day, um, the MF Global. So I kind of set the stage yesterday with what MF Global was, how this became a nationwide scandal, and where I see it going, and and what you can expect in the future. So – MF Global, as I, as I said last night, was a futures trading company. They trade gold and silver futures, amongst other things. They're commodities traders. But what really comes down to was their gold futures. And I've actually got a, um, an interview with one of their clients. His name is Gerald Salente. They got interviewed by Alex Jones. Once this scandal started to take shape, he actually came out and was one of the first guys to, to blow the whistle on them. And had over $100,000 in his private segregated account and has one of the – I think it was one of the brokers or something – calls him up and says, hey, Mr. Mr. Salente, we're going to need you to put some more money in your account. And he's like, what are you talking about? I've got over $100,000 in my account. Well, your assets have been frozen, and now they're in the hands of the trustees. And so this gentleman purchased gold at 1400 with expectations to take delivery in December, and this was back in – I believe it was October is what he said. So he's going to take delivery in December for the gold that he purchased. Well, December rolls around, and the company files for bankruptcy, and now the $1.2 billion of private segregated accounts, much like his – are gone, and they said we can probably get some of it back. And you, and you saw it. You saw the rhetoric start right out of the box. Well, we'll be able to get some of it. Well, maybe you'll be able to get half. Well, now it's looking like seventy percent. And the and the recent numbers is well, now you're not going to get anything. So once again, to to kind of digress and 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 then move forward. Private segregated accounts are individual accounts. They're much like your accounts at, like I said, PayPal is a good example. Um, Even if you purchase with iTunes or if you use something like Xbox Live where you buy credits, um, it's very similar. It's it's a private account that you put your money into. You buy futures in whatever commodity it is with expectation of receiving delivery on those commodities whenever your contract expires. So – Corzine was the head of the C was the CEO of MF Global when one point two billion dollars became missing. So then he was subpoenaed by by the US. They get him up in front of the the Senate, they have a they have the big Senate hearing and and he basically says that I don't have sufficient access Since there were so many transactions going on, I don't really know where the money went. I have no way to tell where the money went. It just – I mean it just – I guess it's gone. It just vanished. And there was a headline out – gosh, I believe it was last week that says that um, the MF Global 1.2 billion evaporated. I think that was the actual headline, was the money just evaporated. So that's pretty interesting that money can just absolutely disappear now. And and that's what I really wanted to get into yesterday, but I didn't have time. So you've got the CEO making 40 to 1 bets on the euro when the euro is in not great shape. The bets don't pan out. The money becomes missing, and then I don't know where the money is. Now, who is this John Corzine? Well, if you go to Wikipedia, it kind of gives you a brief rundown of who John Corzine is. And John Corzine, as I said last night, is a gentleman that was the former CEO of Goldman Sachs. He was the former governor of New Jersey who was replaced by Chris Christie, and he is also, as of – I think it was January of this year. Let me check the headline. This is uh, January 31st of this year, and this is linked on my website, the Weekly Standard. John Corzine raises half a million dollars for Obama. So what happened, he basically lies and says he doesn't know where the money went, and even the head of the CME group, the Commodities uh, Mercantile Exchange, I believe that's the the breakdown of the CME, comes out and and basically says that he he lied to you guys straight up under oath. He has to know where the money went, and anybody that's done any kind of banking transfers know that you can't – you can't. Deposit ten thousand dollars without having to go through a bunch of hoops and having the government do background checks and find out if this is a a complete a complete fraud or if you 're just getting money off the street or whatever so the fact that one point two billion goes unmiss goes missing and he doesn't know where it is and he's the c e o and he says there's so many transactions going on i don't have access to those records. that was another quota in his in his testimony. I don't have access to those records. But once again the the head of the CME just says, well, he he basically lied to you guys. So and now the the people in Congress that are pers- that are prosecuting this guy say, "Well, now it's up to Obama." Well, we know how that's going to turn out. He just raised half a million dollars for Obama this year. So I don't believe there's going to be any resolution. It's something that really, really gets me fired up. And once again, as I said last night, you really can't explain the magnitude of this to the general public sometimes. Because once again, I know that most of you are pretty informed, but if you don't get extremely frustrated and angry about this, this is something that can happen to us. Once again I talked about last night the um the federal government's now saying that the the private pension pension funds for government employees now have IOUs in it. So they're gonna try to steal that money. They did that with Social Security. They said we're gonna borrow against Social Security and put a bunch of IOUs in there. So if you look at the way that things are trending with with Greece, with Italy, with the with the EU just completely crumbling right now, I think this is a time where the US and its citizens need to pull back and really take a look at what's going on here. You know, you, you have banks that are now appointing, yeah, the, I think it was the IMF just appointed the leader of Greece and, and appointed the leader of Italy. Just straight up appointed him. You don't get any elections, we're going to put this guy in. That's a great idea. They've already done that before. So. It's very interesting to kind of see how this all plays out, but the one thing that I would tell our clients is – or not our clients, but our our citizens is that you need to pay attention because if the world starts taking a drastic turn and you start seeing higher gas prices, if you see war with Iran, if you if you see – it's so scary to think about. If you start to see multiple countries collapse in Europe, and you start seeing the domino effect, that eventually has to come back to the United States because of our position in the global marketplace. We are the world reserve currency, so if you have all these other currencies going bankrupt, you're either going to see one of two things. You're going to see them either leave the euro, the euro completely dissolve, and then there's going to be a huge restructuring. Or you're going to see riots in the street, which you're already seeing. But you're going to see those in America. And I know that's hard for you at home to understand. How how do you understand that that this life that we've come accustomed to could just – you could wake up one morning and it could go away? They even said that – if if we go to war with Iran and they close the Strait of Hormuz, you could see gas prices double, even triple overnight. Tell me what that would do to our economy. We actually live the lap of luxury right now where we have cheap commodities. We have cheap oil. We have cheap gas. We have cheap sugar, all of those things. But… Looking back at where Greece has come from, a couple of weeks ago it came out that there were kids being left on the street because their parents didn't have enough money or a method to feed their kids. So they were leaving on the street, hoping that the government would come and pick these kids up and take care of them. I mean, that is some scary, scary stuff. But once again, since I'm not talking about Tim Tebow, and I'm not talking about… The NBA playoffs and what Kobe Bryant's doing, it just kind of falls by the wayside. You don't have enough people paying attention to the worldviews to really make an impact and really stand up and say no to this stuff. Now, granted, there are a lot more people paying attention because they're seeing prices at the gas pump go up and up and up, and they're seeing that their dollar doesn't go any further and further – and I learned this in economics classes, like Economics 101 when I was in college. If you want to know how strong your currency is, take a look at the commodities. And the easiest commodity to track is coffee. It's the easiest one to track because it's the first luxury item that gets cut out of any family's budget. You're not going to cut out sugar. You're not going to cut out you know, food. It's just... Either you're going to start buying cheaper coffee, or you're just going to stop buying it altogether. So what I've seen over the last year is number one, the price went from. I remember I used to be able to buy a 14-ounce a thing of Folgers for for $6.99 or something like that at Kroger or whatever was my local my local station, you know, my local convenience store or you know my local grocery store. So. Now I went in the other day, and instead of it being 16 ounces, it's now 14 ounces. The packaging has actually gotten smaller. And if you don't believe me, go in there and look. And the way that they manipulate you there is they actually make the label smaller. They keep the proportions the same on the label, but they make it smaller. So it gives you the illusion that you're getting more for less, Well, you're actually getting less for more. So you do that, and piggyback on top of that, you look at that going from shrinking the actual package to raising the price, and you start to see that the, the dollar is devaluing slowly, 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 slowly. Which, once I said again, is is very scary, because you know the United States is not a country that comes unprepared for anything. Unfortunately, government does have a plan for social unrest and for civil unrest. And there's a plan in place, and I brought this up to somebody the other day. It's called Presidential Directive 51. Now, for those of you that don't know, you can do a Google search or a Yahoo search. Presidential Directive 51 states that the President of the United States, and this is paraphrasing, can suspend Congress for up to six months for any act that he believes is an act of emergency, whether it is a war, whether it is financial collapse, or social unrest. And that is very scary and then basically he becomes a dictator for 6 months. So what you could see in the cards is if we have some kind of financial collapse or if we have war with Iran, you could see Barack enact that sometime September October and that will actually throw away any elections. So it suspends everything. It makes him a dictator and now we've got you know Six months of Obama in charge with his Goldman Sachs, J.P. Morgan handlers at the top, steering him which way they want him to move, and using the United States military as cannon fodder to go out and accomplish any of these goals that they have. Looks like I got one caller on the line. Caller, if you have any comments, I'd love to hear them. Let's see if I can get you up here. Collar, you're on the air. Hey, how you doing? Doing well, man. How's it going? Good. Uh, I'm enjoying the show, and um, I just wanted to add a comment. Uh, if it does get to civil unrest, the majority of the people need to understand that we outnumber these globalists. Oh, yeah. And uh, even with pitchforks, I think we'll give them a hell of a fight. I think you're 100% correct. You know, when we when we checked the actuaries, I think it was in December, there have been a couple million guns sold to the U.S., you know to to gun owners just in the month of December so you look at that as opposed to what they've got out there it's it's not good odds for them, my man well that's all we got for the show I'm glad everybody could uh, could listen in and um tune in next time for more of wearenotcattle.net radio